Why should the Australian government change tack and insist that its allies in the conflict, the US, the UK and NATO, call a ceasefire in the Ukraine? Before addressing the questions which I've been given about how to achieve peace in the Ukraine and what the Australian government should be doing, I think it's appropriate to have a bit of background on how it has all happened, um, this war in the Ukraine. Um, it goes back to when the Soviet Union broke up uh, in late 1980s. Uh, Ukraine was one of the several Soviet republics which became independent nations and despite that Ukraine and Russia continued to have friendly relations. Now, the United States actually promised um, Russia in 1990 and 1993 that they would not expand NATO eastwards towards Russia and try and um, bring the ex-Soviet um, Union republics under their control. They promised that that would not be done. However, under President Clinton, those assurances were broken and so a number of the former Soviet bloc states are now members of NATO. Um, further, uh, the United States under Trump backed out of an agreement with Russia not to install intermediate-range missiles in Europe. So if Ukraine joined NATO, Russia would have NATO bases on, on its borders with the possibility of intermediate-range missiles, which could be nuclear-armed, close to its border and pointed at Russia, a situation it obviously would not want to tolerate and um, one of the reasons it demands that Ukraine never be allowed to join NATO. Now, a further instance of, um, of President Clinton's um, assurances being broken about um, US not trying to uh, bring ex-Soviet Union republics under its control was in 2014, February and March 2014. Um, it's now been seen quite clearly that the United States and NATO helped engineer a quite violent coup in Ukraine, which overthrew the democratically elected Ukrainian government of Viktor Yanukovych and installed a government dominated by far-right elements Virulently, virulently hostile to Russia and pro-NATO and one of these groups was the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion now part of the Ukrainian National Guard and notorious for its savage attacks on the Russian-speaking people of eastern Ukraine and the uh, shelling of residential areas in the Donbass region. So uh, following that coup called the Euromaidan coup by the West uh, there was a virtual civil war in Ukraine with um, the eastern area of Ukraine uh, not wanting to be under the control of this newly um, en uh, engineered um, uh, government, right-wing government. Um, to, to, to prevent this um, this hostilities between the east and west of uh, Ukraine or bringing it to an end, um, the Minsk II agreement was signed between Russia and Ukraine and it stipulated that the Russian-speaking regions of Donetsk 
and Luhansk in Ukraine would enjoy regional autonomy while remaining part of Ukraine. Although this agreement agreement was brokered by Germany and France and supported by the United States, the Ukrainian government has refused to implement it. This led to Donetsk and Luhansk declaring their independence from Ukraine and forming the Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic. Now, the Putin and, uh, and uh, actually uh, his intervention, his, um, his uh, invasion of Ukraine was allegedly to get rid of this um, neo-Nazi battalion and support the people from attacks, the people of eastern Ukraine from attacks by that battalion and the Ukrainian armed forces. That so-called justification has been put out by, by Putin. Now, um, you can understand um, the back, with that background that um, this might happen, but um, nothing uh, in this history justifies one country invading another, um, even for such reasons. And uh, certainly um, peace, peace groups in Australia, or the, the Independent Peaceful Australia Network, we have, have condemned that invasion um, whilst understanding some of the reasons why it might have occurred. There is no justification for that and the war that's taken place. Uh, so that's the, a bit of background. I, I brought it in because uh, the Minsk II agreement, if it was um, reinvigorated, after a ceasefire, might lead a way to finding a peaceful solution which met, uh, which safeguarded the peace and security of, of the region and peoples in the region if it was actually um, returned to and implemented. Now, questions I've been asked um, are all about the conflict in Ukraine and how it might be stopped and where we should go. Um, to do that, um, for example, um, what should the Australian government do about this? Now, the Australian government has been um, sending arms and uh, military equipment to Ukraine and that was one of the uh, points made just recently in an IPAN um, media release um, and that media release uh, actually called on the Australian government to support a ceasefire in Ukraine um, and the call for a ceasefire and negotiations leading to a, um, a situation which safeguards the peace and security of all people in the region that call has been made by China and by India um, I've noticed that in the Australian mainstream media I haven't been able to see any mention or recognition or acknowledgement that China has called for a ceasefire in this war in Ukraine and and has called for negotiations to um, uh, an agreement which would lead to uh, peace and security for all people in the region. Um, Ukrainians, East and West and and uh, Russian people too Um, and IPAN has called on the Australian government in this recent media release to change its tack 
on Ukraine to support such a ceasefire and negotiations and to urge its allies like the United States and NATO um, to also support a ceasefire. And nothing can, nothing, no, no, no progress can be made towards peace uh, until a ceasefire is actually um, implemented and uh, agreed to. And indeed, uh, IPAN has pointed out that um, United Nations involvement is probably essential with a UN peacekeeping force to supervise such a ceasefire whilst negotiations might start and um, um, a, a true solution which recognises the security concerns of all people in the region, that is in Ukraine and, and the, the Donbass region, and Ru- Russia and um, anyone else, um, a solution which will uh, ensure their peace and their security. Because the only people to suffer, not the only people to suffer, but the main people that suffer in this war in Ukraine is ordinary people, um, non-combatants, including children. That's the trouble with war being used as a means of trying to solve a conflict. Only by um, uh, negotiations around a conference table can um, uh, peace be really uh, achieved and a solution achieved, and that involves always a little bit of compromise here and there, um, to bring an end to a conflict which is causing such uh, hardship and, and, and such um, suffering for the ordinary working people, um, that men, women and children um, in, in, in Ukraine. And for that matter, also in Russia, where families have left, have lost um, many soldiers in this war and are no doubt are suffering also. Um, the war has also caused suffering to Europe in the sense that um, the United States has urged uh, European countries not to buy um, oil um, or gas from Russia and, and, and other commodities in order to put pressure on them uh, to 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 uh, to get out of Ukraine, and that is causing hardship to the people of Europe as well. So there's every reason to want to um, bring to an end the the war in Ukraine uh, for the sake of the people of the region and um, and uh, and for peace. So the call on the Australian government by IPAN has been for supporting a ceasefire, the call that India and China have made and um, support for negotiations for a security solution which will meet the needs of the people in the region. And in addition, IPAN has called on the Australian government to stop sending arms. Is the United States' involvement in Ukraine conflict an attempt to weaken Russia? If so, why? Well, in my opinion... That is one of the motivations of the United States. Um, it sees Russia as a competitor, uh, as it sees China, um, and uh, the imperialists, those who represent the interests of the huge corporations who want to uh, exploit and um, make money out of other people's um, resources and indeed using their labour, 
Um, they see Russia as a competitor and China as a competitor and they want to um, reduce and weaken their influence and I think it's been said by commentators and it's been uh, said by some um, representatives of the United States government that um, weakening Russia is to their advantage and prolonging the war to the last Ukrainian um, is in their interests that's the United States' interest, United States imperialist interest, um, of course not the interest of the Ukrainian uh, people. How should we go about preventing an escalation of the war between Russia and Ukraine? Well, preventing an escalation, of course, is, is equally important uh, because Putin has mentioned um, uh, using weapons of mass destruction is necessary and um, the United States military have said yes and we would, we would respond if that happened. So are we talking here about nuclear weapons? And that would be a fearsome um, situation um, if such an escalation led to the use of nuclear weapons and everything must be done to stop that. So the first priority is not only for that reason but for peace is to in fact call for a ceasefire um, and to get in Australia, as far as Australia is concerned, to put all the pressure we can on the Australian government to change its position of um, feeding the Ukraine war or Ukraine uh, military with equipment, which is prolonging the war, which would prolong the war, and to join the call for a ceasefire and negotiations. What is the main priority for peace activists in Australia regarding this conflict? This means getting the support of a wide, broad section of the Australian people to bring pressure on the government, um, to lobby those members of the government, like Greens and, and some independents and so on, to, to get them on side, um, to lobby um, the other MPs, other MPs also to get them on side. But when they see a, a, a broad movement in Australia, when they see protests meetings uh, and those sort of actions. Um, for example, uh, recently uh, there was a, a statement printed in the Saturday paper and the Weekend Australian signed by about a thousand Australians, including organisations, um, calling for Australia not to go to war, was calling on the Australian government not to be involved in a war on China and to cease war preparations for that purpose and not to allow Australian territory to be used and further to sign the treaty to prohibit nuclear weapons. Um, that was an action which um, showed uh, a strength of Australian opinion. 1,000 people signed and they donated money, something like $20,000, uh, to put these advertisements in two major national papers. Uh, actions like that, meetings, rallies, um, writing to your members of parliament, writing letters to the newspaper, all the usual stuff are needed to develop the uh, strength of opinion to, um, that the government cannot then um, resist and need, once it realises there's electoral consequences for not listening to the people, then that way actions um, um, occur for the better. 
So let us hope that the call for the ceasefire negotiations, negotiations is heeded and is supported by the Australian government and its allies. Thanks, Bevan. That was Bevan Ramsden from the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network. So let's go out with a song by Neil Finn, formerly of Crowded House, Don't Dream It's Over. There is freedom within, there is freedom without Try to catch the deluge in a paper cup There's a battle ahead, many battles are lost But you'll never see the end of the road while you're traveling with me And now, hey now, don't dream There's a hole in the roof My possessions are causing me suspicion But there's no proof In the paper today Tales of war and of waste But you turn right over to the TV page Don't